You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Conversation groups have been launched at California Pacific Medical Center and the San Francisco Medical Society for Physicians. Just what are conversation groups? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is internist and chief of occupational health at CPMC in San Francisco, Dr. Linda Hawes-Clever. She has a national reputation for activism and for professional and community service. Welcome. Thank you. Dr. Clever, what the heck are conversation groups? The word conversation is a terrific word. Con means with, as in consensus, and versus means turn. And so to have a conversation means you're willing to turn with someone else, willing to have a new idea, willing to maybe make a change or two. So when we established Renew about 10 years ago, which is a not-for-profit aimed at helping physicians and nurses and health professionals and school teachers, all of the servants of society, help us all regain our enthusiasm and effectiveness and purpose. When we started this, again, Renew and Renewing, we wanted to get people together to have conversations. And that's what a conversation group is. We wanted to call it something different because people have already in their minds what other groups might be, and that's not what we're about. We're about having ideas with each other, about making changes in our lives professionally and personally, and that's what we have conversations about. So why might one want to participate in a conversation group? Well, we had a wonderful experience now some years ago because I I should say these conversation groups can go on for a long time. One at California Pacific Medical Center for Physicians met every three months, now meets every two months, and it's gone on for seven and a half years. We have another conversation group for nurses that's gone on for almost five years. One physician came, and he'd been to a few of our of the conversations, and he said, I keep wondering why I am dragging my miserable body over here. I realize it's because I need it. And he said, I got to thinking about what I really love about medicine. And he said, I realize what I love about medicine is sitting down in a patient's room with the patient, with the door closed, and working with the patient to help the patient get well. I love that part of being with patients in private and working with them toward health. And he said, I realized my time was just getting entangled with meetings and so forth and so on. So he said, I got off some committees. And he said, and then I asked my younger partners to learn more about the office because they're going to have to learn that anyway. And so I then started being able to spend more time with my patients. And he said, I'm a new man. I'm an absolutely a new man. And then what happened that was very interesting, out of the joy that he was having with his patients, he refreshed and renewed and later actually became chief of staff of the hospital. And after that, went on the board of a major hospital system. But the point was that he had kind of taken charge of his life. Instead of feeling like being a leaf just swept down this raging river completely out of control. So that's why people might come to a conversation. They're feeling kind of itchy. They're feeling kind of antsy. They're feeling as if there's something better on the other side of the fence. 
But Linda, we talk to people all day long. What makes this different? What makes this different, I think, is perhaps the way we start. First of all, we do have a safe, confidential place for conversations. Now that people don't go to the doctor's dining room much anymore and don't go to the doctor's lounge much anymore, where are you going to talk about things that are important as you're rushing around? And if there is time set aside, we will take the time. It's a matter of kind of putting it on the calendar. And so if it's on the calendar, people will show up and people will do it. And so I think that part of what people are looking for is the opportunity to kind of sort through some of the conundrums or some of the the questions on their minds. So that's one, is getting together with people. You may not even know them, but you've been through some of the same hoops together. Second is we start talking about values. And values are what underpin the meaning in our lives and what underpin the, the joy and the satisfaction that we have in our lives. Values are how we decide what's good and bad and right and wrong. Values are how we decide to say yes or no when we're in touch with our values. And part of our life in the busy lane or life in the full lane is that we may not talk about our values much anymore. And so one of the things we start with is talking about values and then actually give some homework, which is to go home and talk with your family members. Even little kids can talk about values. They may not use the word, but they know that they don't want their sandwich stolen while they're in kindergarten, and they don't. But talk with spouse, talk with dear ones in your life about their values and see if you're in sync. So I would say what's different about this is One, conversations in the group. Two, we start with values and move on from there depending on where people want to go. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Linda Hawes-Clever. We are discussing conversation groups, a safe place for physicians to discuss issues with other physicians. So, Dr. Clever, are these groups restricted to only physicians, or is the nurses group only nurses? We've done it both ways. Some groups that we've done are physicians only. It just, again, depends on what the organization wants or what the group wants. Some are only nurses. We've also had groups that have had physicians, nurses, executive secretaries, patient advocates, and environmental services people in it. We've had some, for example, in a department of psychiatry where there were physicians and psychologists and social workers and so forth. So it really depends on the situation. It does matter. Physicians will talk with physicians about some things that they won't talk with other people about. But it turns out that there are plenty of things on all of our minds that we have in common So the direction might go a little bit of a different direction at the start, but as the conversation groups evolve, people get pretty candid and pretty frank. I think one of the important things also about conversation groups is this is not a place to complain and whine. People need to get the complaints and the whines on the table and then move on because we're not there to fix every problem in the organization, and they call it problems, not challenges. We're there for for individuals to feel capable and strong and ready to move ahead again so that then the organization can thrive. But the whining part is only because people need to do it or they felt unheard, and then we move on and never return. So is there a leader? We call the person who's there a convener, 
and we, we teach people how to convene the conversation groups. That's one of the things that, that we offer. We call it that because a convener is part of a group. This is not just a leader or a facilitator or whatever, because this person is there because he or she wants to learn too. So there does need to be a system where people are reminded that they're, when the meeting is and so forth and where. So there is a convener. People usually volunteer to bring an opening or a closing, and that could be a poem or a quotation or a paragraph. And then we check in, and then people have decided, let's say, the time before what the topic would be, because it's, we want to have the conversations about things that people are wanting to converse about, uh, not just something that's imposed from the outside. So people decide what they want to talk about. It sounds suspiciously like group therapy. Except that there's not a therapist. It's not a support group either. This is a conversation. This is among colleagues who share respect for each other or a growing respect for each other and want to move ahead. And if somebody needs care or counseling, then we can refer them, but that's not what this is about. It, it's much more about life and managing life than perhaps deep internal sorts of issues that need to get dealt with. Now, I suspect that some people not in California may be listening to this thinking, oh, brother, this would only work in San Francisco. This would never work in the heartland. What do you think? I agree that people may think that, and everybody has a right to think and to be incorrect. We have had conversations and conversation groups uh, across the country, including Massachusetts General Hospital and including in Chicago and including in Seattle and in Michigan, many different places. And whether it's a conversation group or whether it's a presentation or we could really call it a participation about renew and renewing, these kinds of matters are on the top of everyone's minds. What do I do next? Again, how do I get through a tough day? How do I make this tough decision? How do I make friends? Actually, an orthopedic surgeon came to the first time came to a conversation group a couple of times ago and said, I love my practice, I love my patients, I love my staff, I love my spouse, I love how I spend my free time. And then this surgeon said, but I don't have any friends. Mm. And that is sad. Hmm. And so we decided to talk about friendship and how do busy people get and keep friends. And so that became a conversation topic, actually, that we've had for two times since then, because there's a lot to talk about. Now, if a physician that's listening out there thinks this may work for their office or their hospital, how can they start a conversation group? Well, one thing actually perhaps to do is to tune into www.renewnow.org. Renew Now is all one word. That will show how to get in touch with Renew and so forth and so on. In our experience, there are two ways of doing it. One is by being in a conversation group that we have established here, and then you do it 10 or 12 times, and you know you get pretty good at figuring out how to convene because there is a, a rhythm to it. The other is, is we can teach people how to convene conversation groups, and we have done that over time, so then they can go back home and take the skill home with them, or we can come to the place and teach several people um, at a time how to convene conversation groups. I think one of the things that's, that's important, too, is as people are in conversation groups or learning how to convene them, they renew and refresh themselves. So it's, it's really a win-win situation. 
How large are these groups typically? Typically, maybe 10 or 12 people sign up, and typically five to six to seven people come each time. And that's because people have busy schedules and they have vacations and so forth. But it's important to make a commitment to this. It really is a commitment. And so every now and then the whole group is there. But again, there may be 10 and there may be six, but those are good numbers. Some people drop out. So if you start with 10 or 12, you might end up with really the group is circulating uh, among nine people. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Linda Haas-Clever. We've been discussing physician conversation groups. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.